Let my prayer be set forth in thy sight as the incense, and let the lifting up of my hands be an evening sacrifice. Let us humbly confess our sins unto Almighty God. Almighty and most merciful Father, we have erred and strayed from thy ways like lost sheep. We have followed too much the devices and desires of our own hearts. We have offended against thy holy laws. We have left undone those things which we ought to have done, and we have done those things which we ought not to have done. And there is no health in us. But thou, O Lord, have mercy upon us, miserable offenders. Bear thou those, O God, who confess their faults. Restore thou those who are penitent, according to thy promises declared unto mankind, in Christ Jesus our Lord. And grant, O most merciful Father, for his sake, that we may hereafter live a godly, righteous, and sober life. The glory of thy holy name. Amen. The Almighty and merciful Lord grant you absolution and remission of all your sins, true repentance, amendment of life, and the grace and consolation of his Holy Spirit. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. O Lord, open thou our lips. And our mouths shall show forth thy praise. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Praise ye the Lord. The Lord's name be praised. Psalms 32 and 36, beginning on page 377. Blessed is he whose unrighteousness is forgiven, and whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man unto whom the Lord imputeth no sin, and in whose spirit there is no guile. For whilst I held my tongue, my bones consumed away through my daily complaining. For thy hand was heavy upon me day and night, and my moisture was like the drought in summer. I acknowledged my sin unto thee, and mine unrighteousness have I not hid. I said, I will confess my sins unto the Lord, and so thou forgavest the wickedness of my sin. For this shall every one that is godly make his prayer unto thee in a time when thou mayest be found. Surely the great water floods shall not come nigh him. Thou art a place to hide me in. Thou shalt preserve me from trouble. Thou shalt compass me about with songs of deliverance. I will inform thee and teach thee in the way wherein thou shalt go, and I will guide thee with mine eye. Be ye not like to horse and mule, which have no understanding, whose mouths must be held with bit and bridle, else they will not obey thee. Great plagues remain for the ungodly, but whoso putteth his trust in the Lord, mercy embraceth him on every side. Be glad, O ye righteous, and rejoice in the Lord, and be joyful, all ye that are true of heart. Psalm 36 My heart showeth me the wickedness of the ungodly, 
but there is no fear of God before his eyes. For he flattereth himself in his own sight, until his abominable sin be found out. The words of his mouth are unrighteous and full of deceit. He hath left off to behave himself wisely and to do good. He imagineth mischief upon his bed, and hath set himself in no good way, neither doth he abhor any thing that is evil. Thy mercy, O Lord, reacheth unto the heavens, and thy faithfulness unto the clouds. Thy righteousness standeth like the strong mountains, thy judgments are like the great deep. Thou, Lord, shalt save both man and beast. How excellent is thy mercy, O God! And the children of men shall put their trust under the shadow of thy wings. They shall be just they shall be satisfied with the plenteousness of thy house, and thou shalt give them drink of thy pleasures as out of the river. For with thee is the well of life, and in thy light shall we see light. O oh, continue forth thy loving kindness unto them that know thee, and thy righteousness unto them that are true of heart. O oh, let not the foot of pride come against me, and let not the hand of the ungodly cast me down. There are they fallen, all that work wickedness. They are cast down, and shall not be able to stand. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Here begins the first chapter of the book of Daniel. In the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came to Jerusalem and besieged it. And the Lord gave Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hand, with some of the articles of the house of God, which he carried into the land of Shinar, to the house of his God. And he brought the articles into the treasure house of his God. Then the king instructed Aspenaz, the master of his eunuchs, to bring some of the children of Israel and some of the king's descendants and some of the nobles, young men in whom there was no blemish, but good-looking, gifted in all wisdom, possessing knowledge and quick to understand, who had ability to serve in the king's palace, and whom they might teach the language and literature of the Chaldeans. And the king appointed for them a daily provision of the king's delicacies and of the wine which he drank, and three years of training for them, so that at the end of that time they might serve before the king. Now from among those of the sons of Judah were Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. To them the chief of the eunuchs gave names. He gave Daniel the name Belteshazzar, to Hananiah Shadrach, to Mishael Meshach, and to Azariah Abednego. As for these four young men, God gave them knowledge and skill in all literature and wisdom, and Daniel had understanding in all visions and dreams. Now at the end of the days, when the king had said that they should be brought in, the chief of the eunuchs brought them in before Nebuchadnezzar. Then the king interviewed them, and among them all none was found like Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Therefore they served before the king. And in all matters of wisdom and understanding about which the king examined them, he found them ten times better than all the magicians and astrologers who were all in all his realm. Thus Daniel continued until the first year of King Cyrus. Here ends the first lesson. My soul doth magnify the Lord, and my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior, for he hath regarded the lowliness of his handmaiden. 
For behold, from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed. For he that is mighty hath magnified me, and holy is his name. And his mercy is on them that fear him throughout all generations. He hath showed strength with his arm. He hath scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He hath put down the mighty from their seat, and hath exalted the humble and meek. He hath filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he hath sent empty away. He, remembering his mercy, hath holpen his servant Israel, as he promised to our forefathers Abraham and his seed forever. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Here begins the 21st verse of the 19th chapter of the book of Acts. When these things were accomplished, Paul purposed in the spirit, when he has, had passed through Macedonia and Achaia, to go to Jerusalem, saying, After I have been there, I must also see Rome. So he sent into Macedonia two of those who ministered to him, Timothy and Erastus, but he himself stayed in Asia for a time. And about that time there arose a great commotion about the way, for a certain man named Demetrius, a silversmith, who made silver shrines of Diana, brought no small profit to the craftsmen. He called them together with the workers of similar occupation and said, Men, you know that we have our prosperity by this trade. Moreover, you see and hear that not only at Ephesus, but throughout almost all Asia, this Paul has persuaded and turned away many people, saying that they are not good gods which are made with hands. So not only is this trade of ours in danger of falling into dis disrepute, but also the temple of the great goddess Diana may be despised, and her magnificence destroyed, whom all Asia and the world worship. Now when they heard this, they were full of wrath, and cried out, saying, Great is Diana of the Ephesians. So the whole city was filled with confusion, and rushed into the theater with one accord, having seized Gaius and Aristarchus Macedonians, Paul's travel companions. And when Paul wanted to go to, into the people, the disciples would not allow him. Then some of the officials of Asia, who were his friends, sent to him, pleading that he would not venture into the theater. Some therefore cried one thing and some another, for the assembly was confused, and most of them did not know why they had come together. And they drew Alexander out of the multitude, the Jews putting him forward. And Alexander motioned with his hand and wanted to make his defense to the people. But when they found out that he was a Jew, all with one voice cried out for about two hours, Great is Diana of the Ephesians. When the city clerk had quieted the crowd, he said, Men of Ephesus, what man is there who does not know that the city of the Ephesians is temple guardian of the great goddess Diana, and of the image which fell down from Zeus? Therefore, since these things cannot be denied, you ought to be quiet and do nothing rashly. For you have brought these men here who are neither robbers of temples nor blasphemers of your goddess. Therefore, if Demetrius and his fellow craftsmen have a case against anyone, the courts are open and there are proconsuls. Let them bring charges against one another. But if you have any other inquiry to make, it shall be determined in a lawful assembly. For we are in danger of being called in question for today's uproar, there being no reason which we may give to account for this disorderly gathering. And when he had said these things, he dismissed the assembly. Here ends the second lesson. Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace, according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation, 
which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, to be a light to lighten the Gentiles, and to be the glory of thy people Israel. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven, and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with thy spirit. Let us pray. O Lord, show thy mercy upon us. And grant us thy salvation. O Lord, save the state. And mercifully hear us when we call upon thee. And do thy ministers with righteousness. And make thy chosen people joyful. O Lord, save thy people. And bless thine inheritance. Give peace in our time, O Lord. For it is thou, Lord, only that makest us dwell in safety. O God, make clean our hearts within us. And take not thy Holy Spirit from us. Grant, O Lord, we beseech thee, that the course of this world may be so peaceably ordered by thy governance, that thy church may joyfully serve thee in all godly quietness, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O God, from whom all holy desires, all good counsels, and all just works do proceed, give unto thy servants that peace which the world cannot give, that our hearts may be set to obey thy commandments, and also that by thee, we being defended from the fear of our enemies, may pass our time in rest and quietness through the merits of Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. Lighten our darkness, we beseech thee, O Lord, and by thy great mercy defend us from all perils and dangers of this night, for the love of thy only Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Good evening to all. A couple of thoughts about our lessons for tonight. Uh, we begin in the Psalms, Psalms 32 and 36. And they, again, whenever we get a pairing of these, it's helpful to look at them in the way they frame and kind of speak to one another. And psalm 32 is a psalm that begins with confession. It's a word really with the grace of absolution that comes after a confession and presupposes that confession. Um, psalm 32 is a, um, is a song of, uh, that begins in the Hebrew poetry with this, this uh, it begins with happiness. Um, happy is the man whose sin is no longer counted against him and whose, whose sin has been absolved. Um, and this is a, this is a, a, a reflection of, of this kind of inward peace and felicity that attends someone that has entrusted themselves to the mercy of God. Um, and this is significant because it's contrasted, especially in Psalm 36, with the, you know, this, this collection of people that are, that are described as the wicked, um, who know nothing of that, that inward felicity and peace. 
um, but rather who ruminate within themselves about the about the uh, in, a, in a kind of ongoing skeptical crisis about uh, the existence of God and the goodness of God. And between these two psalms, we see an amplification of this theme that um, that there that the kind of we are surrounded at all times by um, by the loving kindness of God. He has made this abundant and superabundant to us. Um, and there is a particular misery in the condition of a person who who um, can be who is surrounded with so much goodness and yet who um, willfully and then more and more insistently um, refuses to receive it. Um, and it, what it does eventually is it creates this kind of rumination in the heart that's outlined in the first verses of Psalm 36 there, um, who flatters himself in his own eyes and who, in whose heart, um, you know, uh, as the, the psalmist looks in, in this kind of intimate, uh, you know, view uh, of, the, of the wicked speaking to himself or you know, if you translate the, the poetry a diff, little differently, you can even see it as the psalmist is being made witness to um, wickedness itself, whispering about um, the, 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 about the um, non-existence of God to the heart of the wicked. Um, and so in either case, you get this kind of, um, you, you get a contrast between the person who has, um, who has opened their heart to being, um, to the loving kindness of God. And what that results in is an outward turn, an outward orientation from this place of inward peace and felicity. They are then in the end of Psalm 32 turned outward to bestow that wisdom to others. There's a natural progression between one who has received the loving kindness of God to then be turned and to speak of it um, calmly and steadily to anyone who will listen. And we get in the end of Psalm 32, this, um, this echo of the wisdom tradition, um, particularly of the book of Proverbs, where wisdom goes on just speaking wisely um, and wishes that all would come and you know, become benefactors of her wisdom. And yet at the same time is not chasing people down in the streets or you know, trying to persuade them against all their resistance. She just sits there speaking wisely in the, in the wisdom tradition and People are free to, you know, come close and to listen and attend and be and be helped and healed, or they're free to reject and to walk on, um, and to usually to their own destruction. It's it's wickedness that goes enticing. It's wickedness that goes out, sort of prop propagandizing for itself, um, and that um, and that that becomes this kind of endless um, self flattery that wickedness does for itself. But it also becomes the character of the wicked who, rather than speaking calmly and outwardly to those who will listen, rather starts to speak only to themselves um, and starts to speak, uh, you know, and, re and, ruminating, and, and ruminating on that message of wickedness, tries to reaffirm again and again and again what has been done, what has been known in order to continue persuading themselves of it. There is no sense of inward peace. There is only the kind of um, mantra and droning repetition that keeps one from ever straying from that central and ultimately empty message of wickedness. We see that on display, I think, in our lessons for tonight. They help to illuminate it. Um, the first, whereas we're start, first off, we're starting with the book of Daniel, and 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 Daniel is a is an, you know is a very condensed book. Um, it's only twelve chapters long, but it it, it really is a it's a it's, it is known for its particular density and and really. Um, elegant, you know, attention to, 
saying things in very um, in very quick and, and seemingly simple ways, but it's saying a lot in a very little amount of space. Again, it's a part of that, it echoes that wisdom tradition in that way. And what we get in the first few verses of Daniel is really quite a lot. Um, we, you know, on, on the fr front level, we, on the, you know, the, the sort of the outward level, we get just a kind of narration of the history in the, in the, at, towards the end of the Southern Kingdom of Judah, King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon um, took a wave of hostages before he came back later on a few years later to destroy the city of Jerusalem. Um, he took a wave of hostages as, as a kind of gesture towards um, not only showing that he had the power to come and take from them whatever he wanted, but also as, you know, hopefully keeping them from inciting more rebellion and sedition against him um, by having their best and brightest youth um, sort of captive in, in his capital um, and, as a, and taking the precious articles of the temple. And he's taking hostages to try and ensure um, a, that Judah will remain a peaceful vassal state. We know, of course, from the history that that doesn't happen. And then eventually Nebuchadnezzar comes back and destroys everything. Um, and, uh, and yet there's this, the best and brightest of the youth and the best and brightest of the you know, sort of holy objects are there in Babylon. We have to read this in, in kind of in, in the echoing of, of the book of Joshua, the book of Judges, and as we'll see um, in, in 1 Samuel, um, whenever the, the sort of the surrounding nations end up taking um, holy things from, you know, from Israel, um, it doesn't work out for them very well because they go on being those holy objects and they exert an influence quietly and steadily in whatever place they're in. So if you think about like the Ark of the Covenant, it's like that. Think of Daniel and his friends and the articles of the temple like this. And by the end of our reading in Daniel tonight, we get that same kind of thing, right? We get, you know, with the, the intro to Daniel and his friends as captives in Babylon, but then it closes that section by saying, and Daniel was there in Babylon until the reign of Cyrus, who's not a Babylonian king, he's a Persian king. And there's a kind of like twist of irony here saying like, and this great mighty king Nebuchadnezzar we are we're being led to, to see right at the outset of the book of Daniel that Daniel endures and his wisdom remains and the sort of the, 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 the flexing of these kings who think that they've gotten it, gotten one over on the people of God and have subjugated them, uh, they're the ones who are going to fade. And we know this at the outset, that they will fade and fall and be replaced by another kingdom and another will endure. And then, of course, in Acts chapter 19, we're getting the close of the Ephesian uh, sort of episode of the book of Acts. And we see this again, like that, like the wicked in Psalm 36. What do we see the Ephesians reduced to? Not to steady argument and, you know, point for point counter argument with Paul, but they're reduced to a, to a repetitive, stupid chant. Great is Diana of the Ephesians, and they can't say anything else. And in the end, this is, you know, the only kind of thing that sin, that idolatry can really produce is a self-flattering propaganda that continues to just yell, at, yell about itself continually. And meanwhile, wisdom doesn't seek to, you know, silence it. Wisdom goes on speaking quietly and steadily and substantially. And in the end, wisdom remains and foolishness falls to the wayside and is forgotten. So it's a reminder to us, you know, that as we seek to bear forth um, that implanted wisdom that we receive through the Spirit, 
uh, not to get drawn into the to the fury, not to get drawn into the drama, and not to get into drawn into the power plays, because in the end, wisdom wins out because it is grounded in the very spirit of God. So let's persevere in that. And we'll close tonight with our intercession on page 590. Accept, O Lord, our intercessions for all mankind. Let the light of thy gospel shine upon all nations, and may as many as have received it live as becomes it. Be gracious unto thy church, and grant that every member of the same, his vocation and ministry, may serve thee faithfully. Bless all in authority over us, and so rule their hearts and strengthen their hands, that they may punish wickedness and vice, and maintain thy true religion and virtue. Send down thy blessings, temporal and spiritual, upon all our relations, friends, and neighbors. Reward all who have done us good, and pardon all those who have done or wish us evil, and give them repentance and better minds. Be merciful to all who are in any trouble. And do thou, the God of pity, administer to them according to their several necessities. For his sake, who went about doing good, thy Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Ghost be with us all evermore. Amen. Thank you all for being here tonight. And thanks to Aliyah, my co-leader. Hope you all have a wonderful evening. Thank you. Have a good evening, everyone. Thank you. Good evening, thank you. Thank you. <laughs>
all kinds.